The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by the Reverend Dr. Craig Troxell. For more information about this message or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. Online, wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. As we uh, continue to look at... um What the Apostle Paul says about love, we find ourselves in the middle of verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Where the Holy Spirit says, Love does not envy. Love does not envy. Let us pray. Our gracious God, And our Father, we do pray that you would speak to us again in this hour by your word and through the power of your spirit, not only that we would understand, but that we would obey. Help us in these brief moments we have together. And may you truly be that potter that shapes the clay of our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, the beginning of the Lord of the Rings... Um, kind of shows us where the whole story is going to go and how everything is going to revolve around a very simple object, an object uh, that represents love. And not just any love, it represents perhaps uh, the greatest of our love. It's supposed to represent that anyway. A love that will overcome all other loves in life. In fact, woe to the person who gets in the way of our love um, and us. And that object, of course, is, is this. It's a, it's a wedding band. I just realized, I don't think I've taken it off like 20 years. Um, but it's a wedding band, and it, and it, and it symbolizes the love that I have uh, for my spouse, which should overcome all other earthly loves. It's a very powerful love. People write poetry about it. Um, things have been, uh, great accomplishments have, have been accomplished because of it. Well, the Lord of the Rings shows us what happens if this love gets in the wrong hands or if it's uh, given towards the wrong object or the wrong purpose. And it shows us that uh, terrible things happen. In fact, you get to the point where uh, the person, especially if they've ever been a ring bearer, that's all they can think about. Uh, they crave, they crave that ring and what it represents to the point that they will take and to the point they will say, it is, it is mine. And this is very much at the heart of what uh, the Apostle is saying with love this morning, that love does not envy. And the reason I started the way I did in terms of that this love can be good or bad is because that's exactly the case with the word that he uses here, zelao. It's a word from which we get our word zeal. And it represents not just love, but a very strong love or a strong desire, an earnest desire. And that can be good or bad. It can, it can be oriented towards something that is very honorable or something that is shameful. It can be something righteous or something evil. And so uh, it might even be something that is incredibly other-centered or something that is entirely selfish. And so it's a desire that either on the one hand I need to encourage or it's something that I need to subdue. Uh, it could be a desire that Scripture will tell me in its own words I need to fan into flame or perhaps I need to smother it. Something to... to uh, vivify, or something to, to mortify, if we could use those theological terms that we often use. Now, in terms of the plus column, the, the good side, 
Paul tells us that we should earnestly desire, 1 Corinthians 12, we should earnestly desire the higher gifts. So there it's being used towards something good. In John 2, we read there of Jesus cleansing the temple, and this was to fulfill, Scripture says, zeal for your house consumed me. This strong desire consumes me, that he has this righteous desire for this place of holiness of God. Or Phineas, who killed the man and the Mennonite woman. And God says, Phineas has done a good thing. He has uh, turned back the wrath of God because in him was this, he was jealous with my jealousy. He was zealous for my zeal for the glory of my own name. So it can be something really good. But in the context of our passage, obviously it's representing something negative. And we see this in Scripture as well. In Acts 5, verse 17, it says there that the high priests and the Sadducees were filled with jealousy, and so they arrested the apostles. And so it can be a desire that is um, out of control or is oriented towards the wrong things, and so we call that coveting or, or jealousy or to envy. So envy is this strong desire, but it's, it's taken a wrong tack. It's gotten twisted, or it's gotten out of control. It's become idolatrous. And this happens uh, perhaps with something that was uh, began as something innocent or good. Uh, you may admire one of your colleagues' grades and say, genuinely from your heart, good for you. Or uh, I might admire one of my colleagues' scholarship. Or we can admire another person's success with their job. Or envy uh, their friends or their family um, or their looks or their car. And this can all be, all be fine. But sometimes it, we just kind of dwell on it too much or we obsess over it. And we begin to grow unhappy. And like Smeagol, we say, I want it. Um, I deserve it is what we're really saying in our, in our minds. And I need it. And so whatever it is, a possession, a gift, an honor, or success, in our minds we're saying, I really should have that. I must have it. And you see that envy, if it festers, and if it, and if it grows, it becomes more and more uneasy and dissatisfied to the point it will actually act upon it, it will take, even harm another person without any care for what happens to people around us. Because envy can only see one thing. It, envy blinds us. We cannot see all that we have. We can only see the one thing we can't have. Adam and Eve had enough trees in the garden for food. But you see, there was that one tree. David had plenty of wives. He really did. He really did. But he could only see Bathsheba. And Scripture tells us you should be content with what you have. More than that, you should be generous with what you have. And if we had more time, we would talk about it. It would also tell us you should strongly desire what you should strongly desire. The desire should be towards the right ends. But here, talking about envy, this, this is seen in our thoughts, in our words, in our deeds, in our thoughts. Sometimes it pains us if another person is better objectively better, or if they have what we do not have, or they have something we cannot have, and in our minds we begin to denigrate them, or their work, or their, or their gifts, we may perhaps even secretly wish for their downfall. Uh, envy cannot stand a rival. One theologian calls it the, the equalizer. I'm sure he wasn't thinking of Denzel Washington, but he's, the, the equalizer. Why? Because it's going to bring low what it cannot achieve. It's going to destroy what it cannot have. It eventually came to the point where Potiphar's wife realized, Joseph is not going to respond to my advances. So what does she do? She tries to destroy him. She probably assumed 
we would assume that such an accusation would deserve in death. How many times does our gossip begin right here with envy, with, with lies that we wish were true? But eventually it, it acts out in deeds. We think about how to take, how to seduce, how to destroy, no matter what the cost, what the cost is. Think of Cain and how he envied his brother. He was not content until his brother was killed with his own hands. Joseph's brothers envied him over a robe, but they were not content there, not until till they sold him into slavery. You think of Haman. Haman had power, privilege, prestige. Second in command of one of the most uh, amazing and most powerful empires that's been on the earth. But he, out of his own mouth, he said, I will not be happy. And every time I see Mordecai at the gate, I will not rest until he is gone. And so that's why the scriptures warn, what happens when this spirit gets into the church? Well, this is, this is terrible. It doesn't just divide us. That just seems too understated. This is what rips open fellowship. This is corrosive and ruins the unity of the body. James says, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every vile practice. And I've just basically hinted in general the length to which envy will go, but we see the length to which envy will go in order to satisfy itself in the suffering of Jesus. The religious leaders envied Jesus. They could not bear this rival teacher and his following. Their hatred, their jealousy grew and grew. It consumed them to the point they resented him. They criticized him. They washed him with a suspicious eye wherever he went. And they could not even see, let alone admire, his compassion and his healing, his teaching and his truth and his light. Constantly sending their ambassadors to try to catch him in his, in his words and even saying, the whole world is going after him. What are we going to do? And if anyone followed Jesus, they would throw them out of the synagogue. And that hatred grew to the point where they saw Jesus not as a rival, but as an adversary. In fact, as an enemy. What do you do with your enemy? You destroy them. And this got to the point that when they arrested Jesus and brought him to Pilate, Scripture tells us that Pilate knew, he knew that it was out of envy that the religious leaders handed Jesus over to him. And that shows us how the darkness of envy is so great that it will not tolerate pure light. It will bring it down. It will silence it. It will destroy it. It will take what is infinitely greater and try to trample upon it that which is more infinitely noble and more beautiful, what is the greatest gift. It will conspire. It will bribe and incite a mob, invent charges, see an innocent man beaten and flogged and tortured, cruelly mocked and even killed. But in saying all this, we need to recognize the bigger picture. What Scripture tells us is that these men carried out only what the Lord Jesus Christ was zealous to accomplish. Remember at the very beginning, I said this sort of love, this strong love is not necessarily bad. It can be very good. That, that true love is, is earnest. There's nothing wrong with strong desire as long as it is for what is good. The goal of the Christian life is not to extinguish desire or even distinguish strong desires. That's not what we're about. That's what Buddhism teaches. That's what the Stoics were interested in. That's what the Vulcans do. I'm even sad I know what that even means. The goal is to earnestly desire good things, spiritual gifts, as Paul says. 
the word of God. What is good for my brothers and sisters in Christ to desire a better country, as it says of the saints in Hebrews chapter 11, to go to be with Christ, because that's a better thing, as Paul says in Philippians, to be able to say with the psalmist that there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you, by which it means nothing else comes close. That strong desire, that righteous love is a good thing. And of course, we see this in Christ. In his zeal for God's righteousness and cleansing the temple, the temple, we see it in John 17, where he prays to the Father, I, I desire that these ones that you've given to me would see my glory and enter my glory with me. We see it in Luke 22, where he says with his disciples, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. But we see the length to which this earnest love will go to satisfy itself in the suffering of Jesus. Why did Christ die? Why did Christ die? Christ took up the cross and died for us because of the earnestness and the strength of his desire and his love for us. This is what explains why Christ was so willing to suffer. Not just to suffer, but to suffer abuse and torment and loneliness and pain, to agonize in the garden, the sweat drops of blood from a burdened heart, to set his face, the scripture says, towards Jerusalem, knowing good and well what awaited him, that he would be disowned and forsaken, abused and beaten and flogged and crucified, and where he would receive a punishment that he did not deserve. This is what explains why he would have total disregard for his own body, for his own self, and for his own life, for us that he was so determined to pay any price to do what needed to be done and to endure what needed to be paid and suffered for us. It's all because he loved us and he loved us so intensely and that his desire for us was so strong and and so deep. But he he chooses to love us still in the same way, that he refuses to give us up to any rival, that we could say he is truly jealous for his bride, for his church. He will not let the world have us, uh, nor Satan, nor death. He will not let any of these things overcome us. Instead, he overcame them for us and delivered us from the punishment that we deserve. His death on the cross proves how relentless Christ is in his love for us, that there's nothing in all creation that has or will or can separate Christ from his betrothed. All this is because not just of his love, but of the intensity of his love, this fervent love, this burning zeal for us. This is the love of Christ. This is the love of Christ for sinners like you and me. Let us pray. Our gracious God and our Father, how we thank you again for your word and how it does speak to us. It reminds us again of what we are capable of as those who have fallen from that state in which we were created. But it shows us, too, what we were capable of with new hearts as we have been rescued from that state in which we once were. We truly desire to love as Christ loves, even to love his people as he loves them, and to deny ourselves in this great quest for what is good for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Grant us such loving hearts, even as we continue to rest and what Christ has done for us, what he promises us, and what he continues to do for us. 
until he returns for us. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Copyright 2020, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.